today we're discussing Cadence of Hyrule. I'm your host, Marcus, and joining me today, as always, are the homies. First up, we have Dante. D-A-N-T-E. <laughs> okay. Next, we have Trevor. Um, T-R-E-V. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and last but not least, we have the homie Greg. G-R-E-G. <laughs> Uh, actually, and I, I said the title wrong. It's Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring The Legend of Zelda. Um, but yeah, uh, this is... Da- Wait, first of all, Dante, do you want to explain what, what that was about? You gotta, you gotta stay on beat. Oh, it's very concerning okay. to me that Trevor didn't, like... Did you, did you not? I didn't know we were, there were... I didn't hear a beat, so... I was just like, dang, am I... Are we spelling it out? (laughs) (laughs) I N D E P E N. Uh, uh, I'm I'm about to mute myself. Uh, This is this is Greg's second game for the month of March, so I'm gonna let him introduce it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So why did I pick this game? Uh, Nothing really, other than I just recently got a Switch, and it was kind of on my short list of games that. I was kind of looking forward to play it on the Switch, so I was like, might as well go ahead and uh, knock this out uh, with the podcast. So, um, Cadence of Hyrule is a rhythm-based roguelike. Uh, players venture across the overworld composed of predefined regions and map layouts related to Zelda lore, but whose relative placement is procedurally generated for each new save file. Uh, the map remains the same throughout the entire game, but certain dungeons will uh, will be randomly generated every time they are visited. Uh, the rhythm-based element of the game is when enemies are present, the player has to move and attack based on the beat of the song playing. Uh, bonuses can be gained for maintaining the beat. As you progress through the game, there are also upgrades that are found or can be purchased. Uh, Cadence was developed by Brace Yourself Games and directed by the Crypt of the Necrodancer creator, Ryan Clark. The game, the game began its development when Clark reached out to Nintendo to ask for permission to use the Legend of Zelda content as DLC for the Switch port of Necrodancer. Clark said that mutual interest in the idea grew faster than they were expecting, and eventually the idea of DLC turned into a crossover game. The game takes place in the Kingdom of Hyrule, where a mysterious man named Octavo uses a magical loot to put uh, Hyrule's king as well as Link in Zelda to sleep before using the Triforce of Power uh, to turn his loot into a golden loot. Cadence, uh, who's the character from Crypt of Necro uh, Dancer, uh, is mysteriously transported to Hyrule by the Triforce and manages to wake up Link and Zelda. Uh, the game was well received with an 85 on Metacritic and ending up on several best of the year categories at the end of 2019. And that's all I got. Okay, so you did say that the reason you chose this game was because it was just something that was on your list for Switch when you first got Switch? Yeah. Um, so did you have any uh, background or uh, with the Zelda uh, Legend of Zelda uh, series? Uh, outside of just kind of like casually playing them. You know, I don't think I've ever beaten a Zelda game, but like I've, you know, I've played like several of them, but uh, that's about it. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, I didn't play uh, Crypto. I, actually, I played like maybe 10, 15 minutes of Crypt of the Necrodancer. Okay. Yeah. So you already knew what you were kind of getting yourself yeah. into. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, what about you, Trevor? Um, I was just going to uh, ask Greg real quick. I, I may have missed it in your intro, but was Crypt of the Necro Dancer inspired in any way by 
Zelda? I've never played Crypt of the Necrodancer, so... Oh, nah, not not that I can think of, no. Okay. I, I think, I mean, not necessarily inspired, but I think that it's like a roguelike, so a lot of the weaponry and it just being in a dungeon kind of will automatically get some parallels to Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Okay. But I, I don't think weapon-wise, like, I, I think that this game takes weapons and, like, kind of the ways they hit uh, from uh, Cadence, which is, I think, uniquely Cadence. I don't think that's ever been... Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't played um, Crypt of the Necrodancer, but pretty much everything I've seen. What was the question, Marcus? So and then the question for you was, what is your background with the Legend of Zelda franchise, if any? Um, so I have played a few handheld games, and we were I was just looking at that list before we started recording. Um, so I've played uh, Link to the Past on Game Boy Color, um, Four Swords... Um, one of the Oracle's games and Phantom Hourglass and one reason why I was looking that up was because I thought it was interesting that I've never played a game with Ganon proper in it besides it, it, Smash yeah, I guess <laughs> is Ganon not in like the newer uh, Zelda games? I haven't played anything like since Twilight Princess I think that was the last one I played when I was looking up some of Ganon's appearances, it says he appeared, or Ganondorf appeared, in Phantom Hourglass. And of course, I don't know the difference between Ganon and Ganondorf. Um, but he had a cameo in Phantom Hourglass. If, if I'm not mistaken, just I think Ganon is the pig form, or like the, the animal form, and Ganondorf is the humanoid form. I believe okay. that's the distinction. Correct. But yet, that's it as far as the Zelda games that I've played. Uh, what about you, uh, Dante? What's your background with Zelda? Um, I think my first real Zelda was Ocarina of Time for the N64. Pretty sure I got that pretty close to around launch. Pretty much immediately became a fan of the series, even though like, I think that was like 6 or 7, and I I definitely couldn't beat that game without a guide, so it was one of those where I had to go back to it probably like a year or two later. To actually finish it. And then after that, pretty much I've played every major Zelda game aside from um, I did not do Four Swords, Spirit Tracks, or the Oracle games. Really about it. So you're, would you consider yourself like a, a fan then? I, I, if this goes to everybody, would, would any of you guys consider yourselves like a fan of Zelda? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. If, if there's a Zelda game, I have a pretty good assurance it's probably going to be a quality game, so mm-hmm. I will probably pick it up. I completely forgot I have played um, uh, the game on Switch. Um, drawing a blank. Twilight Princess? Breath of yeah. the Wild? Yeah. Breath of the Wild. Oh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, I didn't finish it, though. That's the only one I've played that I haven't finished it. But I'm definitely a fan of Zelda. I think after playing Breath of the Wild... While the game was fun, I think I'm more so a fan of the side-scrolling, um, or not necessarily side-scrolling, but the you know the classic top-down, yeah, Isom- not is it not isometric, is it just top-down? Yeah, gotcha. I I'm um, I played a couple of Zelda games, so I had played. Uh, I think my first one was Oracle of Seasons on Game Boy Color. So I had Seasons, and my brother had Ages. Uh, I did eventually beat Seasons, but 
Um, I didn't really get to experience all the stuff you get out of those two games, like playing with the link cable and all that stuff. Um, and then I did get Wind Waker, but I was one of those people that kind of fell off when I, I was one of those people that was complaining about uh, the sailing, but also I was really, I was probably too inexperienced <laughs> playing video games to like do well at that game. Cause it was this still at the point? <laughs> Was this still at the point in your life where you were skipping cutscenes? Oh yeah, cut story, scenes? everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had no idea what was going on. I just knew I had. To, it was like there's so much sailing in this game. I don't like it. Um, I kind of didn't really play another Zelda. I, I, uh, I did play Four Swords Adventures. I had that on GameCube and did the whole like playing on your Game Boy Advance thing, uh, and that was all right. But I kind of just didn't play another Zelda until Breath of the Wild and. Uh, that game, I freaking love that game. So uh, I and but on the flip side of Trevor, I think that I wouldn't consider myself a Zelda fan. I think I'm just a, a Breath of the Wild fan because I'm I appreciate and enjoy the gameplay in this traditional style of Zelda, but it's it's only okay to me. Like I, after playing Breath of the Wild, like it was kind of hard to like go back and experience. Uh, the old way Zelda was played. And I do like Wind Waker as well. I just like the more open world 3D style of Zelda game now. Which Zelda did you go back to um, after Breath of the Wild? Wait, say that again? Which Zelda did you go back to? This one. Oh, 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 I I get what you're saying. saying. Um, I I have been thinking about, uh, after playing this one, uh, playing Link to the Past on the Switch... Um, I've been thinking about going back to that, but like just the the idea of playing like the, that that style is just kind of like what's deterring me. I will at some point, but I'm just kind of like, do I want to make this plunge because it's a, a long a commitment, a time commitment. I, I guess the one thing I would say is um, don't let this game color your expectations for Link to the Past too much. Mm-hmm. Aside from like even the map, I say don't because like. The way the map works is pretty different as well. Like gotcha. the geometry of the map is very similar, but mm-hmm. the actual like uses of what gotcha. you do on the map is. Yeah. The the other question I had is: it, Is it worth it to like not play any of this stuff before? Because I mean, the, I can I I can play the first one on you know the NES uh, version of on on Switch, and it's like: Is it worth playing that one first and then going to links to link to the past? Um, okay, so nobody else has played the original Legend of Zelda, have they? Uh, like, I guess when I was, like, six or whatever, but that was it. Okay, Trevor said he only played the handle. So, that one is kind of like, in a lot of ways, the true progenitor to Breath of the Wild, where, um, you don't really have a I guess you have a map, but, um, they don't give you any... I guess guidance on where to go for real and it's kind of just this open world adventure of sorts Mm -hmm. so a lot of throwbacks can be seen between those two games in specific Breath of the Wild kind of like picks up a lot of things from a lot of Zeldas but like the whole just go whichever direction you want at the beginning is 100% like a original Legend of Zelda thing and your mileage may vary. Like, I really enjoyed the original Zelda, but I also know a lot of people that would consider it kind of unplayable in 2021 because, like, Switch gives you the save state so you can, you know, save and whatnot. But, you know, there is a lot of just trial and error, and the game doesn't hold your hand or anything. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, uh, I think I think we. Oh, and I'm, I'm assuming uh, last thing. Uh, I, I'm gonna say that I'm assuming that Don or Trevor, you don't have any uh, cadence of uh, not cadence, any crypto the Necrodancer experience. Um, right. I have been trying to get that game in particular on. I've been putting that on a couple of my lists to get us to cover that game, and this was when Dante was gone, and Greg and Trevor were not having it, so I was a little bit salty when I was like, oh, well, we can play Cadence of Hyrule, no problem, but we can't play Crypt <laughs> of the Necrodancer. <laughs> well, I will say, I knew more about Cadence of Hyrule because one of my good friends, he um, he's a big fan of Cadence, and one time when I went over to his place, I mean, he just had the soundtrack playing in the background like the whole time I was over there. Um, and I think he maybe watched a speed run or two of it, or mm, he was watching gotcha. a speed run of it. Just saying, like, we could have, this would be, we could have played it a, a long time ago before Trevor, or before Greg had his switch. Been perfect. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Dante, had you played uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer? Nope. Dante? Oh, I said no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, well, um, I hadn't. It had been a game that I was really interested in, so I I wasn't necessarily sad we were playing Cadence. It was just kind of like, crap, I wish, you know, we, we could have played the first one earlier, or the, the original, I guess you could say, earlier. Um, but yeah, uh, what do we want to talk about first? So you, you kind of covered the story, Greg. Um, you got the, uh, just about the Octavo, Octavo. I assumed it was Octavo. I didn't look it up, but I didn't know if it was. So, so, um, you start the game and, uh, I'll just read the the plot. It says in the kingdom of Hyrule, a mysterious man named Octavo uses a magical loot to put Hyrule's king as well as Link and Zelda to sleep before using the Triforce of power to turn his loot into a golden loot. In this time of need, Cadence, who Cadence is the, the, uh, I think he's the name of the character from Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yep. Um, but he... Cadence uh, <clears throat> uh, is mysteriously transported to Hyrule by the Triforce. And from there, the game starts. And you have to decide on who you want to wake up first. Whether it be Zelda or Link. And who did you guys choose? Because I, I had an idea in my head what was going to happen. Um, at this point, I think you knew that there was four magical instruments that you had to uh, get. So I was thinking it was going to be two and two. Like you do two as Link and then two as Zelda was what I was thinking. Isn't it like else? whoever you pick, it, they give you the the opposite. I couldn't remember now. Like, cause who I ended you chose up playing, was who you play as. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. For, okay, so I played, uh, I played uh, Zelda for most of the game. Okay. What about you guys, Trevor and Dante? Yeah, I played as Link. I played oh, as Link as well. Yeah, I played as Link as well. Okay, interesting. I, I, as far as I could tell, there was no differences. I think like Zelda had like she. I guess her shield was her little reflectability. Right? Yeah, so you can't like hold that out or like. Well, you eventually it levels up to where you can hold it, but like normally you have to time it. So okay, but she had all the normal or like traditional Zelda uh, items, right? Like the the um 
dang, what is it called? Like the power glove and the uh, hook shot and like all that stuff, right? Yeah. The boomerang. Okay, okay. Did she ever attack with weapons or did you attack like, was it always the animation was with your hands? Uh, no, you get weapons, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, going forward, spot. Um, uh, while Cadence goes off to try to find a new way home, you, as the player, play Link or Zelda and travel across Hyrule to find and defeat Octavo's four champions who each possess enchanted instruments containing musical power. Um, and basically, from there, you, you basically have four dungeons you have to complete, and each one ends, culminates in a boss battle that Octavio kind of sticks on you, uh, some type of instrument, and uh, you have to defeat it. Um, what did you guys think... And I guess can you can you go uh, can you explain the uh, gameplay, uh, Greg? Uh, yeah. So I mean the the way that it pretty much turns out is, um, so while you're playing, when when enemies are on the screen, there's like music playing. I mean, there's music playing throughout the entire game. But once you get to and once there's enemies on the screen, there's basically like a beat counter, I guess, at the bottom of the screen, and. I'm trying to figure out a way to, like, explain that part, like, how it's set up. But basically, there's, like, a beat counter, and what you have to do is move around the uh, environment on beat and also, uh, you know, attack enemies on beat or block on beat, use items on beat. So it's kind of this, uh, I don't know, it's kind of gets you, it's kind of like this weird flow to uh, how combat works in the game. I think that was a good... uh explanation yeah it's like you're you, you have this like thumping like kind of rhythm so you're like you're hearing like uh remixed kind of versions of uh the traditional zelda music um and there's like like greg said is like there's this like beat undertone to the music that you're moving to and it's just like do 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 so like you're moving like so when you click in a direction you're clicking to that beat or when you're using one of your items that is equipped to one of the face buttons on your controller, then you're hitting that button on that beat. And um, like, kind of like Greg said, it just becomes like a... Uh, how did you say it? Like a weird flow, I guess. Yeah, like it's like a... It's really, it's really, really interesting. And what, um, what did you guys think about it, Trevor and Dante? Honestly, um... I was not a fan, just because, I don't know, it, because it was presented in that same form of, like, the game, the Zelda games that I'm used to playing, Mm -hmm. I wasn't prepared for it, and so it was kind of off-putting at first, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it, it doesn't take its time, like, throwing you into like large quantities of enemies like they might be easier to to beat like than they are like later on in the game but they still put quite a few of them on the screen oh, um, oh we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that don't worry <laughs> um and so i actually didn't even play in that mode throughout the entire game like i ended up switching i think it was like close to when i got to um i think it was like the forest it was like whenever enemies started the Lost taking. Woods. Yeah, it was like when enemies started um, requiring more more than like two or three hits to to kill. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know what? Let me try out this other mode. And I actually preferred it because 
it makes it feel more like a strategy game because you can like everybody moves still moves to the beat but it's you like you don't have to yeah when you move when you take a step forward or when you turn everybody else makes their turn at the same time oh okay so okay. it's like you can you can almost see you look at each enemy and it's like okay which direction is this enemy facing that means they can't attack me if i move here because they're facing a different direction and and so it kind of helps you create like a strategy of how can i move to to kill all these enemies without getting hit rather than it being more time based so you did you did you ever switch? I think it's called uh, fixed beat mode, right? I think so. I can't remember the name and, and of it. Did you did you play the rest of the game? In yeah, that I enjoyed the game a lot more in that <laughs> mode, so I just kept it there. So uh, you never like after a while switched just to kind of see nope. if like I was I was like, man, this this feels so much better. I thought Can about I- uh, switching to that one, like because the beginning of the game, like when you first started, that's kind of rough and. Uh, I thought about switching to it, but I felt like I was going to ruin the experience, so I didn't. I just got tired of dying. I was like, man. <laughs> I respect that. I bet you didn't even die that many times. <laughs> I, I think uh, when I was looking at it, I died a total of like 20. You 20. didn't even die that many times. <laughs> and the majority of those were from when I, uh, like before I switched to the other mode. I, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I died 34 times. Oh, hold on. Let me see how many I died real quick. It had to be like, way more than that. So, so like, it's, it's crazy to me that you did that because you get that same experience playing the, 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 the turn-based experience playing in the timed or on-beat version. It's just that you have to process it quicker. So that's why I was asking if you went to it because, for me, I would have been like, once I get the handle of how combat slash the, the combat goes then I would feel comfortable to add the music to like get comfortable with the gameplay part too. But I guess not. I, I really gave it a chance, but I was just like... This and I only so died 24 better. times. <laughs> I was like, this, this feels so much better. Like, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm really glad they added that, to that different um, gameplay to the game. You mean added the mode, that, the baby mode? Yeah. <laughs> because if they hadn't, this game would have been rough for me. Yeah, so everybody did complete the game, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool, cool. I know Dante did. Okay. Um, yeah, man, like, I... We, we can touch on it uh, now, but the the ramp-up for this game... This game has a ridiculous learning curve. Like, they don't really... It's basically, I think, their tutorial in this game, and you, you can probably remind me if I'm wrong, Trevor, but it's like, you see that enemy? Here's how you move! <laughs> Here's how you attack. Yep, Go much. get him, Tiger. <laughs> and it's and just then, like, all right, let me walk up to this enemy. I'm going to walk up on him. I, Wait, what? I did he the attacks same me thing. at the same time? <laughs> I did the same thing. That and then also, like, it, it, the, the learning curve for me was seeing the game uh, in the traditional way, but not being able to just hold down or, you know, like, hold a direction. Like, that, that oh, was the yeah. thing where it was, like, telling my brain, no, you need to, like, play it this way, not the way you're used to playing it. Because it looks like one thing, but it doesn't act that way, you know? Yeah, because I'm used to playing games, like I said, on Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance. So, I was already using the, um, the directional pad. Mm-hmm. But with the Switch, I initially started using the, um, the, uh, joystick. the joystick. 
and I was like, wait a minute, this you know isn't um, efficient at all. So I ended up switching back to using the D-pad. Sure. They actually reprimand you for trying to use the joystick. I think I did see that, but I forgot what it said. Um, what, what, did you? Did you guys, Greg or Dante? Did you guys run into that same issue? Uh, I'll, I'll kick it to you first, Dante, since you were about to say something. The issue of the difficulty ramp up thing. Not, not just that, but just like your brain, like you seeing the way the game looked and trying to play it one way and not paying attention to the music. So the issue I had with um, the music is I'm pretty familiar with most of the tracks or the original versions of most of the tracks in this, this game. But the beat they wanted you to follow wasn't like... If you were to like map it to Rock Band or something, it wouldn't you be wouldn't the notes be going you hit. with... Huh? It wouldn't be the notes that you hit. Exactly. It's like, I don't really care about the bass line in any of these. Like, if I go to like the overworld, dun 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 dun, dun like, I want it to be... Bop 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 bop. But yeah, this game's more yeah. like bop 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 bop. You're a metronome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I was thinking the same thing too because I was getting in my head like this music because so like sometimes it was at a hindrance if you paid attention to the music because sometimes like it was like not hitting on the notes that you wanted to hit on. Exactly. It was also kind of hard to like just because that was the case. Um, the little beat bars at the bottom, but it's kind of I don't I don't want to say counterintuitive, but you're trying to focus on the action mm-hmm, on the top mm-hmm. of the screen, and then you have to kind of look down and be like, "Oh snap, I'm like a second off," according to the game. Yeah, yeah. There, there's uh, that was one of the issues that I ran into. In, in addition to just kind of learning the movement, I, I would say majority of the time I died in the beginning was movement issues. Or not, um, just like information overload, because I was like trying to pay attention because, you know, like in in a normal Zelda game, you start off with like two or three hearts. And um, so I'm like trying to pay attention to my my health in the top left, making sure that I'm, you know, what, what my percentage on certain items are or whatever, like with the bombs and everything in the top right. And then at the bottom of the screen is the little metronome. And when I see like I'm and I'm trying to pay attention to the center of the screen and all the action that's going on and uh, making sure that I'm moving where I need to with the enemies. And once you get off on like the beat, then it's just like, oh, crap, crap, crap. And you like miss a couple of notes before you get back on track. And that that screwed me over a lot early on. What was it for you guys with the the ramp up? Uh, The problem I guess I had early on was like, first it was like trying to pay attention to the beat because like, you know, trying to look around, see the enemies move and try and like uh you know not die the entire time that was like the the initial thing then eventually i got used to matching the beat and then the problem i would have is i could move and like i could get to enemies but then like i would want to just kind of keep swinging and not on beat so i would mess up my bonus sometimes uh just kind of trying to like oh i'm just gonna keep you know trying to like run into him to attack him but i'm doing it off beat so i lose a bonus or uh, there was times where I would want to use an item, but I wasn't using my items on on uh, on the beat, so then that would mess me up too. So it's a little stuff like that. But I think by the end of the game, I got most of that stuff ironed out. 
Oh, sorry, myself was muted. And what about you, Trevor? Because I know you were saying like you got thrown a bunch of enemies. Was it just the sheer amount of enemies you had to deal with? Yeah, it was more so the enemies because I was like the thing I liked about the other mode was like being able to plan out my routes um, from one enemy to the other. Whereas like playing in the you know the the regular um, mode, it, it's like. Like, the enemies don't, like, swarm you or anything, but if you get into a bad position with some of the enemies that are more aggressive, like, you will get surrounded, and it almost seems like there's really no way out. And I think that's where the difficulty kind of ramps up, is when you get to those more aggressive enemies. And then you also, like, get to points where there are enemies who are throwing projectiles at you. Mm -hmm. um, there are some that dash at you. There are some that, um, uh, can, can I, can I yeah, guess that what you're going to say? So there are some that are like kind of t attack on cardinal directions, like yeah. up, down, left, right, and then some attack on diagonals. Mm -hmm. and, so, and that like... was like, and I don't want to get too far ahead of, of us, but, um, like one of my favorite weapons was the flail and the flail allows you to attack in a, um, was it like an L shape? Yeah. L shape. And that was like my strategy for moving through enemies um, because I didn't like going face to face with enemies. I would always try to come at them at the side. Mm -hmm. And um, that was, you know, my strategy for taking down a lot of them and doing that with the um, the fixed time mode, um, you know, really, you know, felt it felt better than than the other mode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really dug just. I, it was definitely a learning uh, process for me. Just kind of, I felt like they threw so many different types of enemies at you in the beginning that it was like kind of tricky to kind of learn. You're learning like five or six different uh, attack patterns on a on a particular screen and just trying to memorize that and then just pay attention to the beat. So they kind of throw a lot of different plates that you basically have to juggle in the beginning of the game. And I feel like that was a lot of the learning curve is just like beating your head against the wall of um, the different types of enemies staying on beat and just kind of like just all these different tasks that you kind of have to juggle. Um, and so that's what kind of makes this game, I think, work really, 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 really well as a roguelike is because they kind of, um, we were talking about our deaths a little bit, but they kind of give you a little bit of an, uh, bonus or i don't know how you want to call it like a little reward not it's not necessarily a reward but just to try to make your life easier so as you're playing your um uh cadence like you're on a single screen and as you once you defeat all the enemies on a particular screen they'll basically remove the metronome aspect so you can move the like you can move at normal pace like the traditional just like left 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 or what whatever uh pace you want but then uh, they also, once you kill that last enemy, they often drop what they call in this game the currency of a diamond. And what those are is uh, as you're clearing more and more screens, you're you know getting more diamonds. And sometimes there's bonuses that you can get like times two or, or plus two or plus three or whatever like that. But when you die, you um, get basically this screen before you come back and you can kind of use that currency to kind of aid you and give you a head start with certain items that you need to like clear more screens whether it be oh you can you know uh for 10 diamonds you can get five bombs or 
Um, you can get a torch, which torches help you find hidden secrets and just kind of burn uh, foliage. And then they also have um, uh, shovels, which shovels allow you to also dig for um, uh, dungeons and like little secrets and, and things like that. So it kind of um, in, not incentivizes you to die, but what's the word I'm looking for, guys? <laughs> like... Um. Because the only game I can think of like this is like when you play Rogue Legacy and you die on a run, that currency you collect, you get to keep, and then you get to use to uh, purchase uh, things. Uh, Isn't to help that any your... rogue though? Is that any what? Any rogue? Well, I mean, because Dead Cells does it like. Dead Cells. Well, it doesn't do it like at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I guess. In... Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the rogue most rogues. Yeah, like Hades does. Like most rogues that I've played have. Yeah, I was trying to think of Spelunky if Spelunky did it. Um, but yeah, like, and that's the rogue element of that. And I I wanted to know what did you guys think about that because I felt like that was a a really big uh, that helped me learn the game and get better at the game. Like being able to make some progress. It's like even though I I die, I'm not starting like at the bottom. Like I'm at least making a little bit of progress and feel like I'm getting a little bit better. And that kind of incentivized me to want to stick to it. Yeah, it was kind of the same way with me. Like I think initially it was pretty rough and I wanted to bounce off it pretty quick, but uh kind of sticking around for a little bit and uh you know, trying to get some more items and uh find some more uh hearts. Because uh, really, the survivability was like the hardest part for me. Because I would just—I mean, I would run into enemies and then make two mistakes, and that was it, you know. Um, so yeah, but yeah, that definitely helped out a lot. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <clears throat> what about you, Dante? Um, I really didn't find the rupees that helpful outside of like the very, very beginning. Because the main lady that you go back to when you die, she offers you, I think, two hearts. And then after that, I really didn't bother with her. There's some other items you can buy at shops along the way, but for the most part, like, I don't know. I mostly use the sword as my main weapon, so it wasn't really my best benefit to get bombs and whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I usually tried to get a, a torch because I, I felt like I, I was burning everything. Like, when I cleared a screen of enemies, I was clearing everything else off that, too. So the thing about that is the torches like go out so quickly I knew I was gonna well you find them so quickly and they also yeah. go out really quickly so I didn't even bother because I knew I was gonna find one within a screen I, I yes that's true but like I know when I died in dungeons I always got made sure I got a shovel and a torch because I didn't want to travel around without having those things in a dungeon but you're, you're right you would get them so they were so frequent that you got them but I think oh. specific go ahead I was gonna actually ask this kind of a jumping off point where um, any of you, I guess, how did you guys feel about the whole weapon degradation here? Not even the degradation, but I guess the picking up of items in this game. I normally hate that in video games, but in this game it wasn't that bad because as soon as you lose something, once you kill a couple of enemies, you end up finding like the basic form of it. And a lot of the bonuses that you got from, like, the rarer um, versions of those items weren't, like, I don't know, it wasn't like it was a huge loss if I lost, you know, um, 
a, a torch that um, you know lit up a huge area, but also drained my um, my stamina. Um, but I don't know. That was I don't know. It, it didn't seem that bad to me. I yeah. I, I mean, I was I was okay with uh, using stuff, and it, it was something that I, I learned as I went on. Because like when I first started, I was. Uh, constantly buying like those low lower end items, but um, once I got better, I was like, I need to preserve these diamonds because these will be useful for later. The uh, um, other thing that I was appreciative about was that you only used or lost the usable or like expendable items. Like I, I was so glad that you weren't losing like items in your actual inventory, like the traditional Zelda stuff. Because that would have been annoying, and I'm I'm glad that they decided. No, we can you can make some progress in the game. Because I know I was worried about that. <clears throat> yeah, I think that would have been a little rough. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that's what I assumed in the beginning. Because I was just like, holy crap! Like I keep dying, and I haven't even gotten anything. I'm like dying after like a couple of screens. Uh. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I I guess I'll go ahead and say I really wasn't a fan of the whole item system in this game just because like in a rogue in my opinion they like the whole make or break part of a run is the items you have and I feel like they did not do a very good job of giving you a description of items that you picked up and um, definitely true yeah like you just pick up stuff because it's there most of the time and it automatically replaces whatever you had and most of the time I just didn't have a good foundation on whether I should keep what I have should I upgrade like eventually very late into the game like probably I'd say three quarters of the way through I could kind of eyeball some of the different torches and stuff like that but in general I probably picked up so many stupid shovels that were worse than the shovel I currently had but there was just no way for me to like fact check that in any significant yeah. way yeah. Or, or like play with a certain I, I mindset in mind or whatever or way you play in mind <clears throat> the um I didn't know did you, did you guys know or realize that you just keep all the, the weapons you get though like between uh deaths I think the you mean like the um uh like the sword or any primary yeah. weapons, yeah, yeah, yeah like certain weapons, weapon. the ones that aren't like glass weapons or yeah, yeah. Did you did you guys know you kept them? Because like I didn't find that out until later. Because there was definitely like I preferred the spear that was my because the one that you could hit two squares in front of you, that was my uh, item of choice, and um, like I was like, man, I don't want to use this. I, like the flail was cool, but I, I felt like I ended up using it way quicker. Um, or like using it all the time and I didn't like it as much the animation as much as the spear but did you guys have like a, a weapon that you liked that you tried to always use pretty much always use the spear for the most part I think once I once uh, I ended up getting uh, Link towards the end I would I would use him a little bit more so he had the sword and I forget what else he has he has a spear as well I think too he has a spear and he has like a he has a long sword I think that hits three yeah. spaces in front but you can't use the shield yep. And then he has like one. I also like the one that hit the two squares in front of you, like one the one in, directly in front of you and to the right. Yeah, I I like both the um, broadsword and the longsword of Blink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and did you guys enchant your weapons? Oh no. yeah, obsidian. 
No, I didn't. I was confused because you, Trevor, specifically said like you weren't doing enough damage, and I was like, the sword that I had since I enchanted it, it was doing three damage. Well, no, that was yeah. like earlier on when you got to enemies that that took multiple hits to kill. Um, but like, I think about sixty percent of the way through the game, I know it was past the halfway mark, but you started getting much better weapons and I even started getting them almost back to back. Especially once you get to like the final dungeon. Like it, it seems like it's just throwing um high powered weapons at you. Yeah, definitely. You do get a lot of like the beefier stuff at the end. But yeah, I didn't I didn't realize you could upgrade weapons, so no, I, I didn't do that. Um Yeah, there's did, two how, places how did you do that? Um the first place I found gave you the option to enchant it with um, poison, and it did poison damage to the enemies, or you could enchant it with, um, I think it was obsidian, which um, gave it uh, a little bit more damage. And then Mm -hmm. there was another place that you could go to. Um, I forgot those two bonuses. Do you remember, Dante? So the one that I was familiar with was like I think it must have been Obsidian because it also had the plus one damage. But then there was a Blood Sword um, incentive, essentially, that... That's what it was. I think every four enemies that you kill, you get one heart back or something like that. Yeah, there was that one. That one in my game was paired with the Life Drain. Or was that the same thing? I think that must be the same thing. Okay. Okay. So, no. Did, Did not have no... Just... Just going in with the plain Jane weapons. Um, what was your guys' uh, primary items that you guys used? And um, I think for me, I had bomb, I had the power bracelet or whatever, I had the bow and arrow, and then I used the drum to uh, be able to like hop in one place. Uh, that was my favorite item, hopping in one place on a beat, so that way you could stay in the... the you could... I'm trying to think of how to explain this. Those like those those lizard enemies that the Lisfaros that run at you in a straight line. I could attract one, then move to the next lane over and just do drum, 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 and then it would just do a turn basically where I'm just staying in place. I love that thing so much. Um I didn't use the drum enough, but didn't it buff your damage as well if you used it? You you what uh the way your damage got buffed was just keeping it on time uh, and clearing okay. enemies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you had to you had to keep the beat and also like kind of not necessarily a combo, but yeah, get a combo. Basically, oh, you cleared three enemies without dropping the beat. Now you're doing bonus damage. Gotcha. So here's the um, the upgrades that you can get for your weapons. Um, there's one. Um, I guess they just called it emerald. This weapon infused drains the life from enemies after each attack. And I think that was the one that was described as life drain. Mm-hmm. Titanium, this weapon infused, increases weapon damage by one. And I never went for that one because I always had obsidian, which in obsidian, this weapon infused increases damage based on multiplier from beat score. Yeah, and in the actual beat. description, it also tells you um, it'll increase it up to three. Oh, like times three? Yeah. Or plus three? Plus three. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that seems a lot better than Titanium as long as you can keep the beat. And I'm guessing with the mode that I was playing on, as long as I didn't get hit, then it kept it from. It kept it at three. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then the last one, this weapon infused deals poison damage 
with each attack with the weapon. And you can only have one infusion per per yep. weapon? And or? it was only for certain weapons, like the special okay. weapons that you got that already had really cool effects on them. Um, you couldn't infuse those or gotcha. had really high damage. Um, but Inf- like the flail that I was using, I could use I could use infusions on that. Could you infuse different items, or could you yeah. have one? Like so, like you could put an emerald in one, and you could put an emerald in a second one, or you had yeah, to do one absolutely. of the other three. Okay. Yeah, okay. and That's what was cool. another cool thing about them was once you used one of the infusions, it changed your weapon to that color. So if you used an emerald infusion, it changed it to green. If that you color, used obsidian, yeah, it changed it to black. Did the um. Uh... Were the items or the infusions things that you paid for in rupees, or were they things you paid for in diamonds, or were they just things that you found and you had X amount of emeralds, X amount of... You paid for them in rupees. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, got it. Got it. Oh, and yeah, that was another thing that reset, too. Obviously, when you die, is your rupee count. So, um, uh, as you're purchasing items or purchasing upgrades and things like that, it's like... Uh, you have a finite amount and there's certain stores that when you're moving around the over the the overworld or like the map like oh this this thing has that one store there and i can go there and every time it's going to maybe be uh the same two or three items or whatever um or types of items and so you could always seem to go to a store with rupees and buy stuff but that would obviously reset. Yeah, I, I misspoke. It was diamonds because it was the one that doesn't reset. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. <clears throat> but it was uh, super low diamond counts. Cause, yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, like, diamonds kind of became trivial at some point. They did because, like, I, I guess you played like me, Dante, where, like, anytime I went to the screen, I was just going to clear out all the enemies. It wasn't until later on in the game, I was like, I just need to beat this game. And, like, chop, chop. But, like... Basically, the whole time I was playing this game, every time I went to a screen, I cleared out all the enemies before I progressed, even when I was low life. I did that until I realized, like, you can probably clear about, I'd say, a third of the maps in the game, or a third of the screens in the game before, like, enemies start respawning. (laughs) Because at one point, I'm just like, I'm just going to clear every single enemy in this game because I'm not dying anymore. And (laughs) I can just make it super fast to traverse, but then, like... They just respawn. Yeah, they just respawned after a while. Where I was like, "God dang." Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're you're right. The the cost of things with diamonds became so trivial because like, I, I I felt like most things didn't cost any more than ten diamonds. I think. Come I can on. barely even. Aside from that second heart, did any? Yeah, like I think most diamonds? things were in single digits as far as diamonds, and I felt like at one point I had like either like seventy or ninety nine diamonds or something like that. And I was just like, I can buy literally whatever I want. I guess you guys don't remember the max diamond amount you could spend? Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, let's see. Was there anything... Uh, let's see. We talked about... What did you guys think of the music, Dante? I, I see you. Well, I have a go back after we talk about the music. Like, I mean... This one's weird for me to answer because I do like the music of Legend of Zelda, but I don't really have any opinion about these remixes, like good or bad. They were just there. And I guess the problem with this game for me is a lot of it just was there, even though, like, I don't know. Like, it did not feel like a Zelda game to me, per se, in any way. And the music, I, like... Yes, it was Zelda, but if you 
you kind of had to remind me in the heat of the moment that it was Zelda. Wow. I I dug it. I'm uh, not necessarily like a super fan of like remix songs. I think it just I have to have some type of appreciation for at least remix video game music that is. Um, but I have to have some type of appreciation usually to even start to like a remix thing. But I I would say that like I didn't have a problem with the music in this game. Like I don't have a in particular fondness for Zelda music. There are some songs that are like I to me are iconic, but like for the most part I don't really have like love for a lot of the Zelda music and I I, I dug like the the Hyrule theme for one. I, I, I dug the remix of it and uh it, it, it they were done by uh Danny Danny B who did the uh um he's known for doing the music for like the binding of Isaac uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer and the uh, Super Meat Boy, which I really like the Super Meat Boy music, so um, I I also dug this music. How'd you guys feel about it? If you have any affinity for Zelda music? Um, I wouldn't say I had any like, I, like I was really into Zelda music like that. I mean, um, but at the same time, it's not, I don't think the music was bad. It just kind of was, it, it fit the aesthetic, right? So it kind of, I was just kind of paying attention to it for like gameplay reasons, but it didn't like stick out as like, oh, I really, really like it. It's good, I think, but, uh, you know, nothing where it was like, oh, this is like really, really good, but that makes sense. I thought it was good. It, um, it really did work with the game. I agree with Greg there. Um, I think it, like I said, it's it's supposed to be a rhythm game, I guess. So it would be a shame if the music didn't fit. But I think it worked really well. I didn't have any complaints about it. I think uh, one of the latter dungeons, I'll have to listen back again at the soundtrack to see if I can find it. But, but there was one track I, I really did like. Uh, oh, just one? Dungeon. <laughs> one that I can remember. Um, the gotcha. rest of them were, were just kind of like, yeah, this is some some Zelda music. Yeah, I just I just think that I I dug the music because I, I it's kind of like an important aspect of this game. This is kind of you know a rhythm based game, so like I, I felt like it would have. Though I do have the complaint Dante had that I wish that the way the gameplay was it wasn't on a metronome, but kind of focused more on the music. I do think that hearing some of these tracks, you know, dozens and dozens of times, like I didn't get tired of it. So, which is I would have thought like. You know, it it could have been like how you got how, how Dante felt about the menu music for uh, Mega Man Battle Network, but it wasn't that. Even though you know you played for you you hearing the same music for a long time. Um, do you have? I don't really have that much else. Uh, did you guys want to like quickly touch on the bosses? Like, were there any that stood out to you guys, or that you dug more or hated more than the rest? I think it was the. Um... Uh, was it the Glockenspiel? Yeah, let me tell you. So there was the, the Glockenspiel was the, the power of lightning. The Oboe was the power of water. The Bass was the power of fire. And I forgot what the Maracas were the power of. So but yeah, what the, about the Glockenspiel? The, the Glockenspiel is the name of the enemy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably my favorite uh, boss fight. Um, just because, like, that was... I think Zelda uh, Link to the Past was probably, like, my favorite first game that had like bosses that I really enjoyed fighting um just because they you know you have to employ different strategies in order to beat them um sometimes you can't just apply brute force but I think this was like one of the first games I played where 
it was just like, no, you, you really got to come in with a, a game plan and make sure you have all of your um, um, your items stocked up and everything. And so, like, the Gleekenspiel is the only one that really gave me a challenge. Um, but I think it was fun the way you had to beat it in phases um, because that's the one where uh, once you kill one of its heads, it kind of breaks off and then starts bouncing around the screen and attacks you that way. Um, so you're trying to deal with that at the same time as like kill other heads on the the Gleekenspiel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably my favorite boss fight. Gotcha. Did you guys have any that stood out to you as a favorite or that uh, you didn't like? Probably either was it Guitarmos, the the bass Guitarmos Knights, and uh, Octavo. I kind of dug being able, you know, having to switch between. Uh, uh, Lincoln's Zelda to try and avoid the um, sends like some projectiles. I think our music notes mm-hmm. that you gotta avoid. So I kind of dug that, but I think I just like the design of uh, guitar most. Gotcha. I dug the uh, Maracas one, and I also dug the uh, uh, Octavo one, especially when you had to like it was you had was it Octavo that you had to control all three people? Or no, that was against Ganon. Yeah, where you had to control all three. I really dug that one too, where you had to. Uh, get them the people on each each person on a different switch um i was glad though i was thinking that it was going to be even harder and it was like once you got one of the characters on their particular switch they would lock and then you would control the other two or whatever and i was thinking like oh you had to space them out exactly this way and like have to like do some hardcore puzzling and so i was thankful you didn't have to do that this is a very technical question here but during the octavo fight um there was one move that he had that for the life of me I could never figure out how to dodge. And I can't remember the specifics of the move. I know like he was shooting, I guess, vertically down at you with I'd like to say it's an arrow or something. Do you guys remember that at all? I'm not I don't. It was really bugging me because like that was the one attack in the game that I just had no clue how to um dodge. Fortunately I had two fairies. So yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um yeah, I'm trying to look at his uh, ones, but I can't see his attacks. I just see the ammo. Um, I don't really... I'll look it up while you, you know, think. Oh, I don't really have a thing, though. Like, <laughs> I think my thing is over. Like, uh, is there anything else that you guys wanted to call out? Because I think, like, I was about to get to wrap up. I mean, I think that's pretty much most of the game, right? I mean, we talked about music, bosses. I mean, yeah. I guess the the only other thing is uh, the the randomization. So uh, this game, uh, you touched on it kind of, kind of uh, in the beginning, where you were saying that everybody's game will have a different layout so even though like me and trevor are both in the lost woods my lost woods will look different than his lost woods and like it's procedurally generated a different way but once you visit that i guess square that's the way it is if i'm not mistaken yeah i believe so and i think that was differing than the crypt of the necrodancer which is truly like every time you start a new run 
you're playing a different first screen, you know, a different second screen, a different third screen, so on and so forth. So uh, it was a little bit easier, uh, especially once you found some locations. Like for me, when I found the fairies, I already knew, okay, like I'm, as soon as I finish a section, oh, if I need to get, like, I'm really close to dying, let me go to this fairy and heal up or whatever. And not having to guess where that was every time was, uh, uh, I felt a little bit, it made the game a little bit easier. Um, and uh, going on that too, making the game easier, um, the, uh, shoot, crap, I lost it. Damn it. <laughs> it was it's cool, I swear. I did have a, another thing I did want to talk about was, mm-hmm. um, I think we touched on it a little bit, but like, I guess the difficulty in this game and like how it the difficulty is very sharp but then just yeah yeah plateaus in a way that i've never seen yeah Yeah. like that that was the point i wanted to make is like the game started off i felt like a a steep learning curve and then the swing and how the the easy the game became like it, it was night and day like from the beginning of the game to the end of the game so i know it there were times when me and dante were talking where it's like I don't know when the last time I died was, you know? <laughs> like, so I played this game in two sessions. The first session, I think I died 20 times. The next session, I died, like, I played, I think I died, like, maybe 30 minutes or an hour in. And then I beat the game after that. So, <laughs> like, I literally had, I'd literally say about 90, 90 to 95% of my deaths in the first hour and a half and then it just like I didn't die because like I knew where the fairy fountain was and I just got my fairies I enchanted my weapon which made things easier as well Um, and there was just anytime I got in super big trouble I would just you know you had your little sitar or whatever it was that allowed you to just escape oh yeah, yeah yeah your little fast travel thing yeah Oh, that um, leads me to a question for y'all. Did, um... Wow, I just lost it. <laughs> Man. Um, well, I had another question. If that one comes back to me, I'll, I'll ask ahead. it. But, um, I have a question uh, in the meantime. Well, my, o- <laughs> my other question my other was, question um, was um, what equipment did y'all keep mapped? Like, besides your, your weapon? Like, your main weapon? Oh, that's what I said earlier. Oh, you did? Well, I, I said for me, it was bomb, it was the power bracelet, it was the uh, bow and arrow, and it was the drum. So those were my four. The drum? It, it was a drum. Maybe you might not have had it in yours, because you, did you have the metronome? No. Okay, so then, like, the drum was basically, I, I, that's what I was explaining earlier. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how I missed that. I was... <laughs> yeah, or you're like basically, you know, going to the beat. So like if you use the, you know, because you had to use the items, not only did you have to move on the beat of the metronome, oh, but you okay, yeah, I remember items on the explaining beat. that now. So then, yeah, I used, I used the drum to kind of stay in place instead of having to move a specific direction so I can wait out enemy attacks and things like that. Um, hmm. I feel like if you would have, if you would have got that, Trevor, then maybe the game would have been a lot easier for you because... Then you could. Well, the game was uh, a lot easier for me. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, like it, it, like maybe, maybe me, me, you know, saying, "Oh, Trevor's over here playing easy mode," and maybe I also was playing easy mode, but just not, you know, not as easy because I was basically using something that allowed me to wait in place and mm-hmm. kind of learn enemies' attacks. Um, 
you know, so like I didn't necessarily work on the same timer as somebody that wasn't using the drums, where they definitely had to move a new square every single turn, you know? Right. What about you guys? What did you guys use? I always I had always the had cane the equipped. Cane. I didn't use the cane. Oh, Man, you know what? Came you handy. know why you didn't use the cane? <laughs> so did you have, um, you didn't have a stem on a bar, then did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Well, yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't have a stamina. No, no, no. Like, I'm talking about, like, for us, we had a stamina bar. Like, we had to clear the screen in a certain amount of moves. You what? did? Yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah. like, there was a green bar. The, the green bar, that's not how that worked. Maybe you work? had an item equipped that drained yeah, your stamina. I was about to say, that's probably what I think it was. Because you normally don't you lose normally stamina don't. just going through your screen unless you have something equipped that uh, that's like draining it. Dude, I always when I was in dungeons, I always had no stamina, so I couldn't well, use the. Uh, you, that was probably because you were using the drum and stuff like that. Because a lot of the sub items oh, do use it. Oh, okay. All right, that makes sense. Okay. So and yeah, every kill you get regains a little bit of. That. Yeah, it gets yeah. you a little bit. Okay, that makes sense then. I didn't know that. Shoot. <laughs> I'm like, this is a pretty like. That's just funny because that's a super fundamental thing in the game. But it, and it makes it you know, like I, I'm not blaming you for it. It's just the like there was a one-off text box about it at the very beginning, I think, and that was pretty much it. And like, there's no incentive to really study that bar, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> so I could totally yeah. see how that happened. Yeah. Well, it's me, of course. What about what about you guys? Which which ones did you guys put items? Uh, I think bomb. Uh, what else? What's the uh, grappling hook thing? I use that hook shot. Yeah, hook shot. Yeah, I use that. And I'm trying to remember what the the last one. Boomerang. Was. Yeah, boomerang. Okay, I I booted mine up. And um, another thing that's different about this versus most Zelda games. Most Zelda games only allow you to, well. I take that back. I was about to say most only allow you to equip three um, items. Sub, yeah, three items. But I think that's post Majora that that happened. Like Wind Waker, just because of the GameCube's button layout, Interface, they had three. Yeah. And I think I think um, Skyward Sword had it that way as well. And did Breath of the Wild have it that way? I think Breath of the Wild. I think it had Breath the right the stick because you only really had four. Yeah, I think yeah. Breath of the Wild. Um, was, well, because you also you used the um, it, it was like a wheel that you that you toggled. I thought that's right. That's what it was. Especially at least for your your Seki powers, like the magnet magnetism and all that stuff. But I guess for the handheld Zeldas, typically speaking, you'd only have three because um, your main attack in this game is auto. So you don't have to map the sword to anything. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so I use the bow a lot. And then um, behind that I had the cane, which made the blocks, and the fire rod. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, did you have a, any other questions, Trevor? My other one never came back to me. You said what never came back to you? Um, my other question. Oh, the, oh okay. Do, do you have anything, uh, Dante? Did you guys, um, and I don't even know if you had the ability to do this, 
But did you guys get any other characters besides Link and Zelda? Uh, Octavo. I got Cadence. Okay. Did you, did you, Marcus, get anybody else? I mean, just those three. Okay. Wait, did you? Did y'all get Cadence? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was making sure that it wasn't just in my Yeah, Cadence, Zelda. Did you guys unlock Octavo at the end of the game? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. did. Okay, I was just making sure because I wasn't entirely sure. Like, I guess this is another thing we kind of skipped over. So I got the physical version of this game, and I think everybody else was digital. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the... Fi- yep. Hmm? No, no, I was saying I got no, the, no, digital, I got yeah. the digital, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. But um, the physical one comes bundled with the DLC. So at some point, I actually... Um, you know where Cadence is, like right in the beginning of the Lost Woods? Sure. Sure. Okay. Like, there's this tunnel behind her, essentially, and if you keep digging, there's a teleport that teleports you to, essentially, like, the dark world from the Link to the Past. And when I did that, I unlocked Skull Kid as a character. I didn't actually mess around with him, because I wasn't really trying to play the DLC at that point in the game, but... There are more characters that you can get, at least with the DLC, I guess. Um, do you do you have any any other questions, Dante? No, that that was about it. Apparently, there's actually quite a few characters. There's um, Shovel Knight. <laughs> Is there Shovel Knight? I was just guessing because he's like in everything. <laughs> there's Eves, which is a Deku, um, Octavo. We talked about him. You can get Impa, which is a pretty important character in a lot of the Zelda games. Jingle. Oh, Tingle. Tingle, Tingle. I mean, Tingle. Yeah. Which is kind of... The, he actually made a cameo somewhere in the game. I can't remember. He did. He did. Um, I think... I forget what item you get. I think you get the Lost Woods uh, item, right? To help you get around in the Lost Woods? That sounds right. Yeah. 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 So, they've got Shadow Link... Shadow Zelda, Arya, Frederick, and Skull Kid. That's interesting. I feel oh, like, he's uh, the shopkeep. Oh, the the, the dude the, with the turban, not the turban, but like the uh, Middle Eastern kind of desert garb that he's wearing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's cool. <laughs> um, I kind of feel like we haven't really uh, not really given a vibe for this game so we are, we can make the pressure on everybody so I'm gonna go with you first Greg great game great experience uh like this would be your closing thoughts section you know for me yeah great game great experience I mean I, I liked it I mean it it made me want to actually check out Crypto Necrodancer like you know give it a fair shot this time so uh, Expected on listen. Yeah, we might do that. Uh, but yeah, I liked it, man. How, how does it hold up for you as far as like a Zelda game? Are you like, does it make you more of a fan of Zelda game, especially that they're were so willing to kind of do something like this with their friend, their IP? Um, I mean, I thought that was cool. I mean, is there very many times where like Nintendo works with indie devs like that? I guess they did with what Shovel. Didn't they do something with Shovel Knight? Or am I thinking of? I can't. I think they probably have at some point. Yeah. They probably have. Oh, I guess they did, they did the Amiibo for uh, Shovel Knight. That's so, right. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of cool too. So, But yeah, I mean, 
I, I'm not like a huge Zelda fan, so like that kind of that part didn't really appeal to me. It was just kind of like a fun game with good music, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. What about you, Trevor? Great game, great experience. Yeah, I'll say it was a great game, great experience. Um, like Greg, I like the idea that they took basically the elements from Zelda games and you know created a new or created a game with um, like different type of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was fun. Do you think? Do you have any desire to go and play the normal way? Um, yes, you know what, I will try it out, and, you know, just because there are other things to unlock, and that was actually the question I was going to ask, which is whether or not y'all actually went through the game, like, and tried to, like, yeah, complete yeah. every, every screen. I, I definitely tried to do that, I tried to clear out my entire map, and I tried to get all the items, or, you know, like, all the hard pieces and all the, um items in my inventory which i was not able to do but um i i definitely that was a kind of like a challenge i set for myself yeah so now that i have you know completed the game and like have a save file that's like at the very end i may go back and do that um go back and, and play the regular version uh while i complete some of the the side stuff what about you dante great game great experience i i think this game is okay like I feel so neutral on it as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's just hard for me to be passionate about speaking about it one way or the other. Like, I appreciate what it tried to do, and I appreciate like that Zelda, the IP, was used for an indie game, and it was something outside of the regular mold. That being said, like, it's just it's hard for me to really consider this like a Zelda game. It like, and I hope that, you know, devs aren't listening or anything, not going to take anything away, but like, it didn't really feel like Zelda to me. Like I didn't get that same thing. It felt more like a, almost like DLC skin or expansion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I guess was kind of like how the game was pitched originally to Nintendo. But yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I I would a thousand percent piggyback off that sentiment for you, for you. Like, I think it was a a good game. It was an okay experience. Like, I think it's like a cool, like, kind of one off or like side uh, Zelda thing. But I, I'm like with Dante, where this doesn't feel like a Zelda game. This feels like a Zelda reskin of another game. But on the flip side, like, kudos to them for being able to uh, make this game um, and kind of I feel like a lot of us I get the the feeling because I think I and I know Greg mentioned it as well like I'm more willing to check out Crypt of the Necrodancer and so I do feel like this was like a a really good way to kind of promote their game uh, by using something that's more prone and you are to get more people's attention and more eyes on it and um, also kind of being a baby mode kind of version of the game too so it's from my understanding it's not quite as difficult as Crypt of the Necrodancer and I think because they have that wrapping of being you know a Zelda uh, adjacent uh, Zelda uh, crossover that they had to make it a little bit easier so kudos to them but yeah it's I'm fine on it like I, I, I think I enjoyed more aspects of the game than Dante did 
Like, I, I enjoyed the music more than he did, but, like, overall, I'm kind of in the same boat with him as far as, like, it doesn't really feel like a Zelda game. It kind of feels like a reskin for, like, a Yeah, month. I don't... <laughs> I just want to make it clear. I don't, like, regret my time with the game. It's just yeah, something yeah, I don't yeah. see myself going back to in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. For real. Do you guys have anything else? Okay. Well, um... If you like tuning into, no, I'm playing. Uh, where can people find you at, Dante? People can find me at twitch.tv slash awakencloud. Um, I was going to say, as of t- well, I guess if they're listening on Twitch right now, as of tonight, I'm kind of relaunching my channel. So um, hopefully it's a better quality and I can get some more followers. And hope to see you there. Are you still doing uh, VR stuff? Yeah, I gotta figure out where I'm fitting that into my schedule. Okay. Tonight I'm doing Life is Strange, and then I'm also on Sonic Adventure Tuesdays. Oh, well, I did tune in. I was watching you play while we were playing our D&D. I was like, had you going on in the background and kind of following along with what you were playing. So, it looks really, looks really fun. Um, what about you, uh, Trevor? Where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me on the internet at Lyriconsung. So, currently not streaming anything. Um... Hopeful about the future of a uh, Pokemon trading card game because I've been playing that online. So, really hoping things get better um, towards the end of the year um, so that I can play some uh, TCG in person. Okay. Uh, where can people find you at, Craig? Uh, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash magnegro with a zero at the end instead of a O. I haven't really stri- uh, streamed anything re- lately, but uh, I'll be back soon with the. Uh, same old stuff, Street Fighter. Maybe something else random here or there. Got it, got it. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Boombox Hero. And you can find me on Twitter at Potato Salad and on Facebook at Potato Salad. Um, if you like tuning in to Miss Checkpoints to find out about hidden gems, cult classics, and indie games, and share us with your friends, family, and the not shitty subreddit communities you're in. Comment on our Facebook page, add us on Twitter, leave us a review, preferably five stars on Apple Podcasts so we can appear higher on the leisure category. Uh, you know, obviously we have a fun uh, time doing this and like hearing feedback from people. Um, uh, so yeah, hit us up. Um, and I think we have for next month is April. We have on the docket, uh, we have at least one bonus game um, that I think we've all played and we're going to probably record next week. But we also have Trevor's game, which is, go ahead, Trevor. Gravity Rush. <laughs> this is his... Uh, desire to get a Switch game it never happens. And <laughs> well, actually, actually, no, you were able to get it this time. Yeah, I was about right? to say so, the the next so, list. We'll have yeah, so, so we, we we have our next batch of games as well. So we have for May. If you're if you're playing along with us, we have for May, uh, Greg's game, No More Heroes. Then uh, June is Dante's game, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. Then. July, Trevor has two games. He has Hyper Light Drifter and was it Raji and Ancient Epic or Yep. What's that game? Yep, that's it. Okay, okay. I had just wrote Raji down. I didn't remember what the, the subtitle was. Um yeah. And then finally, uh for August we have my game, which is Beautiful Joe, which I'm super, super hype about. Um but yeah, uh we enjoy doing this. Um hit us up, let us know, talk to us. Um you guys got anything else to talk about? Anything else? Cadence of Hyrule going once? Going twice? Alright, well with that, we're Miss Checkpoints and we're out.